Welcome to Coaching with Catherine, the podcast on defining success on your own terms. My name is Catherine Lavenhagen. Every Friday, you will get a new podcast on how to make life mean more and build a life you're proud to live. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Coaching with Catherine. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Mike McKee. Mike is Vice President and CFO of the University of Florida. Mike and I met back when I was an auditor working in public accounting and we hit it off immediately. Mike has become a good friend and mentor to me and I can't wait to talk to him about how he defines success and how he's created success on his own terms. Let's dive in now and talk to Mike. Hi Mike, welcome to the show. Okay, so I've been starting all of these interviews with a question. And the question is, how do you define success? I would say I would define success that if you're happy, I mean, mm. if you have achieved the level of, of happiness and um, comfort in your life, that um, then you, you're pretty much successful. So it's certainly not defined necessarily by your job or your title or how much money you make or what you do. It's, it's more about, you know, are you, are you, are you a happy individual? Hmm. What, what does happiness mean to you? Um, I think happiness for me, in some ways it's, it's kind of, it's relishing in things that, that give you joy, mm. that, um, things that you can share with other people. Um, I want, I initially wanted to say it's a lack of discomfort, but it's, it's really more than that. I mean, it, it's obviously, I mean, just removing discomfort doesn't necessarily make people happy. Um, but I, but I do think it's, I guess for me, it's just, it's being able to, to share in, you know, other people's joy and, and, and their happiness, you know, makes me happy. And then I think doing things that I like to do um, mm -hmm. and enjoy doing, um, doing those things makes me happy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. When you first said, um, when I first asked you the question, you said happiness, and then you also said comfort. So it sounds like the comfort is important in, in being able to do the things that you want to do. Yeah, I guess when I when I speak about comfort, I, it, it's more on a um a, a larger scale. It's not it's, you know so like you know my foot hurts today, so that's just uncomfortable. But that doesn't make me unhappy. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really more a, a broader idea of of comfort. You know, the, the, you know I've I've got a roof over my head. I've got you know food to eat. I've got you know people who I love and who love me and um, and friends and, and, you know, family and stuff like having those things, um, to me is, is, is promoting comfort in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you like looking back on your life, what really drove you, um, towards achieving what you have today? Um, so I guess I, I thought you might ask that. So I thought a little bit about it. Um, one of the things that I guess I thought about was that, and, I, and I've always 
been kind of just in awe of this this idea that for me to have been born into uh, a loving family in the United States of America, um, you know, when you just look at the odds, uh, not even loving, just being born in the United States of America, if you look at the odds that happening, they're really, really, you know, large, long odds. So to me, it was just like, well, you kind of wonder well, why, why was, why was I, why did that happen? Why wasn't I born in, you know, Bangladesh or, you know, Syria or someplace like that where people are having just tremendous suffering. And, and, and so it's, it's like, I guess you kind of ponder those things. And, and in some ways it's like, well, I've been given this tremendous gift to have been able to, to be in who I am, where I'm at. And, and so in some ways that kind of, um, kind of affects my thinking a little bit, but that said really more than anything else, I think that, um, you know, I had modeled for me by my parents, um, you know, a certain kind of, of way to live. And, uh, my dad was the first in his family to ever be um, to get a college degree. And he actually went on to get a PhD, which, you know, kind of was really even more extreme in a way and watched him, you know, not really understanding kind of what he was doing, but, but understanding that what he was doing was, was, was good and, and honorable. And, you know, so it, I, I saw modeled for me a good work ethic. I saw modeled for me uh, a, a mother and father who loved each other, loved their kids. And um, it was important in, to do the right thing in their life. And so kind of as I grew up, it was just like, you know, that was what I was guess supposed to do. Hmm. And so then, you know, kind of once I, you know, and I, I was for, fortunately, I was successful in, in school. I mean, I got good grades, um, you know, got along with people and didn't have, you know, kind of any kind of real, you know, horrible setbacks, um, went on to college and it was moderately successful there, but ultimately got a degree, mm -hmm. and, um, went to work. And so kind of, and I got married when I was in, when I was in college and, um, kind of from that point on, it really was just kind of like, almost like doing what I'd learned, you know, you, mm -hmm. you try and get a good job and you do that job. Well, um, you, you know, you love your wife, you have your kids, you love your kids, you're, you're, you're doing what you're doing, your, your um, partners in, in, you know, kind of moving through life and just doing those kind of things. And from my view, it was almost like it didn't, I've said this before, I kind of felt like sometimes I took the path of least resistance. It's like, you know, well, what door opened up here? And I go, okay, you know, that's, that'll work. Let me try that. And so I can, I can remember thinking, you know, I spent 19 years as an auditor and that work was, it was interesting. I learned, um, but it wasn't life changing type work. It wasn't life changing for me. It wasn't life changing for the people I worked for or the people, the clients we had. It was just, it was, it was a job. But as I reflected on my life, that that was really a very positive opportunity because for 19 years, I had a, a good job. It wasn't great. It was a good job. And, but it gave me an opportunity to really 
focus on my family, mm-hmm. raising my two daughters and, you know, devoting myself to, to my, you know, the marriage that I had, um, and developing, you know, good friends and, and folks that we, you know, we had a great relationship with lots of people. We were involved in a, in a church community. And, and so we just, it was, it was a comfortable way to kind of come up. But I did realize probably at the 15 year mark that I wasn't really, really enjoying my work. I mean, it was okay, but it was something like, you know, thinking to myself, gosh, it seems like there's something else ought to happen, something ought to make a difference. And so it was in 1992, um, I ended up having cancer. Mm. I told you. Mm. Mm. So in 1992, I had cancer. Um, I had um, the tumor removed. I had to have radiation therapy, and it was a very curable form of cancer. So, you know, it was not something that in reality was going to be life-threatening to me. but it it was a tremendous shift in the way I looked at the world, the mm. way I, you know, I encountered the world. It was, and I kind of adopted a bit of a motto at that point that um, life can be short and that it's, it's really important to do the things that are important to you. And because you're not guaranteed that your life will be the same in six months. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those things that I, I was not going to continue to do things in my life, whether it be work or any other form that, that I didn't want to do mm-hmm. that, I, that I didn't think was good or fun or, you know, whatever it was. And so I, that really caused a real shift in my thinking. And um, from that point on, I really did kind of focus more on if I didn't enjoy doing what I was going to do, I was going to change it. Hmm. And so ultimately I, you know, moved on to the, went to the university and got my job there. And that was really good and positive. Went from, and from there, went to the Watermelon District in Palatka and got, did that there for four and a half years and came back here. But it was always, although I would say the whole longer I've been away from that experience, maybe the more calmer I become of, of situations that maybe I'm not comfortable with. But, but I do, in the back of my head, always know that if it's, if I'm not enjoying doing what I'm going to do and now that I need to change it. Hmm. So that probably was a, a, obviously very, you know, focal point in my life in terms of kind of where I went. And so, you know, just continued to progress through my profession. And, um, and I think, you know, doors continued to open opportunities came along that, you know, right place, right time type stuff. And it kind of all worked out. Mm-hmm. So here I am. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, what I'm hearing when, when you share that is like up until you had that diagnosis, like you were, you were honoring what was really important to you. Cause you said, you know, you had the time to spend with your family and be with your kids. And that was really important and your job was fine and you were getting experience. And then that really, that experience of getting the diagnosis really kind of shook you up and made you realize like life's too short to not be doing things that you enjoy. And then you became like a little more kind of go, it sounds like go getter is the word that comes to mind. Um, I don't know if go getters, the word is is maybe just less tolerant of Mm. status quo or less tolerant of, um, 
things that, that I didn't think were, were good. And so, you know, one of the things that really made a big difference for me and when I came to the university, I think what it did was I realized after the cancer that I wanted to do something in my life that made a difference in other people's lives. Mm. I just didn't, auto team just wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. You know that. You, mm-hmm. You've been there. So, um, so I, I, and so when I came to the university and, and I was in the bursar position, really, I was working with students, I was working with parents, and it was like, it was just a wonderful experience. It just really kind of opened up. It's like, this is, this is what's important. Mm. It's important in life is to make a difference to other people. So I felt like I was helping people. Making mm-hmm. it, um, and then even when I went to the water manager, same type of thing, you know, really was so environmentally oriented. And so, you know, trying to make a difference in, in the environment in Florida with through the, the water um, in the state of Florida. And, and that was important. And I came back to university. And so I, I do think that the further you get away from working with people like students and, and parents, stuff like that, somewhat it's a little less impactful in, mm. in making a difference. But, but I'm, but I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm okay with it, that what I'm doing now, even though it's, you know, further downstream to impact folks, you know, I, I it's important to me to do the right thing so, this, so that people can continue to make difference in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So it sounds, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, when you said you started just doing what you wanted and not like just being reckless, but really following like, um, what interests you and what you wanted, like what that was. But as you just talked, it sounds like what that was is making an impact in people's lives. Like that's really for you, that kind of like equates to happiness. It sounds like that really brings you a lot of fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And did you like when you um, like, tell me, you know, you're, you're in your position now and Mike is vice president of finance, right? Yeah. Vice president and chief financial officer of the university of Florida. <clears throat> and so you started in student affairs. It sounds like it actually was. So the bursar was a part of the, the controller's office at university. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we take you through that progression. Well, it sounds like you were interacting more with students and family, and then you, you took a different position and then you came back. So what brought you back to the university of Florida? Um, a couple of things. So I guess it had always been my intention to come back to UF. Um, I didn't, I didn't see the water management job as being, you know, a, a career long-term uh, career opportunity. It was, it was an opportunity to go do some something different that I had never really done before. I'd, I'd audited the, 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 the water management district. And so I knew about its operations, but um, really it was just, a, just an opportunity to go uh, actually broaden my portfolio. And, and I honestly, at the time didn't realize number one, that I was kind of doing that, but number two, how important that really was for me further down the road. In my mm. um, uh, so so going out there and doing that was 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 really a good positive experience. There was some downside to it. There were some things that that happened, um, kind of more of a political nature that that I felt um, was pretty uncomfortable for me. And so I said, I'm not going to continue to do things I'm not comfortable with. So, you know, an opportunity occurred at the university for me to come back. Um, 
at the time I felt like it was more of a lateral. And so I was a little disappointed of that from a professional standpoint, but I felt like it's, you know, was something I needed to do. And sure enough, I, you know, I came back as associate controller and within nine months, the controller had retired and I had his job. It really did really, again, you know, kind of one of those things that doors opened up and, and it worked out. Um, the same thing true is ultimately, um, that was they made me an assistant vice president as a controller, and then you know I was in drop ready to retire. I think I'd mentioned that before, and and so the CFO at the time um, left and went to another university, and you know I I'm you know I'm I was retiring in two more years, and so I, it didn't make any sense for me to take the job. And again, it was just uh, like a door opened up, and I and and I realized that you know, I didn't know as much about the job as I thought I did. And so when I got engaged in it, I just was just, you know, kind of enthused in a way I hadn't been in mm. quite a while and it felt like intellectually stimulated in ways that, that I hadn't. And I'm not saying I was, you know, coasting in the controller's job, but it, it was, you know, I knew the controller's job. I knew mm-hmm. how to do that. Um, this was new. It was different. I was learning new stuff. I was interacting with different people. I was, you know, really getting exposed to the university in a much broader sense than I'd ever been before. And it just was really, it was fun. And so um, along about the same time, again, out of the doors opening, uh, some other folks who I work with at the university who had been in this, this retirement program um, said, you know, you can get out of that. It never crossed my mind that I would get out of it because walk away from a good chunk of money. Um, but, you know, I did the math and, you know, it, it made economic sense. So um, at the same time, they were doing the search for the, the new CFO and um, they had three candidates come in here and they weren't able to come to terms. So they failed the search. I was actually a part of the search committee. So I was able to hear all the questions and kind of see how these guys were reacting to it and go, well, you know, I can do that. You know, I know what they're talking about. I, I know what they need and what they want. And so I ended up throwing my hat in the ring for the, for when they put the search committee together again. And by that time we had a new president and he, he said, uh, he told the provost, well, why don't you just have, you know, Mike run through the, the same group of interviews that you had with these previous candidates. And, and I did, and, and I got the job and it's, it's been great ever since. I mean, I hadn't have a look back. It's been great fun. Hmm. You know what I'm hearing like throughout your whole story or, you know, what you've told me is there's three things. One is um, doors opening. It sounds like that, that was, has been like common throughout your, your life and openness, like the, an openness to like see the door and be willing to take the opportunity. And then the last thing is integrity, like just really being, um, in integrity with your, your values, what's important, doing the right thing. Like those things, it seems like have really shaped kind of the way that your life has unfolded. Yeah, that just, that's a good summary. I mean, I would say that I've, I've, I've never been afraid of, of taking a chance. I mean, it's always been kind of one of those things that, you know, throughout my life and in and, and my married life as well, you know, I've, I've always been open to like, you know, let's, let's take a chance, you know, buying your first car, buying your first house, mm. stuff like that, that, that it's always, you know, it wasn't like I got a thrill out of it, it was just, but I was willing to take the chance. 
What do you think, um, like has impacted you being that way? What's made me that way? Yeah. Like what? Cause, cause not everyone, you know, is open to the, the doors or even can see them, the doors that open. And it sounds like you, you just have kind of been like, okay, okay, okay. What, what has him, I guess what's like allowed you to be that way? Hmm. Man, it's a good question. Um, well, I think, I think in some, in some ways it's been a partnership with Becky as well. I mean, she, I mean, I, I don't make these, didn't make any of these decisions independently. These are all, you know, shared decisions that she and I would make. And I, you know, I think, you know, I would talk through with her and she could, she was always good about, you know, um, offering different perspectives, different thinking. Um, she, she wasn't, she, she didn't necessarily want to take the, you know, take the opportunity to chances that, that I would have, but, but she was always open to me doing what I needed to do. She always very supportive of that. And so I think, having her and to be able to bounce ideas off of her. Um, and then, you know, maybe, maybe some, some folks that were, you know, mentor likes or just really good close friends who um, I could talk to and bounce ideas off. And um, I think those all helped me certainly think through about taking those chances, going through those doors. I, I don't know that I can really tell you why I might have seen doors when maybe other people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it just seemed pretty apparent to me. Mm-hmm. Although, again, you know, I, the whole idea of, of being the CFO would left you know pretty sour taste in my mouth to, to begin with. But kind of once I took the chance at the interim job, it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was curious, like when you said yes to things that you know were opportunities that you saw. Were you afraid? Do you remember being afraid? <laughs> Great question. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily afraid, but I certainly did not have confidence that I would be successful. I tell you, every time I changed jobs, um, I went into the new job with very little, very little confidence that I would be successful. Hmm. And Hold on. So I'm going to stop you. So if you didn't have the confidence that you were going to succeed, then why did you go through the door? Like what, what motivated you to go through the door? I think it goes back to, you know, both one to make a difference in that Mm -hmm. to to do things that were positive and, and uplifting, but also not wanting to stay in situations where I wasn't Mm. happy. Mm-hmm. enjoying doing what I was doing. So it's like, so you, you change it. Mm-hmm. I, even though I didn't have the confidence, I was hopeful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, and I know that in the back of my mind, I had, I had, you know, a, a decent level of, of knowledge and education and work ethic and those kind of things in combination, you know, you, you feel like, okay, well, you know, even if you don't do the job to the level that people want you to do it, you, you're, you're not doing a bad job. Yeah. You have the competency to be able to at least do a decent job. Exactly. exactly. It's not like you were going out to be like a um, performance dancer or something like that. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. had some experience and skills yeah. to be able to do the position. That's right. That's yeah. Right. But it sounds like, and I think I interrupted, you were going to say, like, you didn't even consider the position that you're in, like you being capable until you had the experience of like actually doing the job for a little bit of time. And then you realize like, oh, wait a minute, I can, I can actually do this. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Every single time I changed, even though I didn't have to have the confidence within usually six months, um, maybe sometimes a little longer. Um, I realized I could do it. I could mm. do the job. And, and, and not just get by, but do it well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, be successful in, in doing that. So, you know, it was, it was just, you know, kind of the fear of, you know, not having done the job, mm-hmm. but you don't have confidence, but then kind of once you just start doing it, you realize, okay, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, every single step along the way, that's kind of what happened. Did it get, um, or how did that, how did that change as you went through more experiences of like saying yes to something, not sure that you could do it, but then doing it and feeling like you were actually good at it. Did that increase your confidence in yourself? Yeah, that's, I, I kind of thought the same thing, you know, you would, you would think it would, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I would, I would say though only, only because I knew this job was could be an interim and I could go back to my old job that I maybe didn't worry as much about whether I could do it or not. Hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say I had more confidence, but I felt like I had this, you know, safety net that mm-hmm. fall back on it if I wasn't successful. Um, but I'd say all the previous jobs, no, it was, it was kind of like, mm, not sure about this. How, how does that, um, like, how is that similar to humility or is it, is it different? lack of confidence and humility. Well, you strike someone at me as being someone that's very humble. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, yeah, but I also hear that you haven't felt confident when you have taken on a new role, a new position until you were able to like see that you could do it. So is that humility or is it lack of confidence? Um, no, I, I I think it's really a lot more of a lack of confidence. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying I I think I do try and practice humility. I think it's important, but um, it kind of I reflect on you know my feelings at the time of the of the changes. It was genuinely you know not sure I can do this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you know underneath I knew I could. Mm-hmm. Like I said again, I felt like I had a you know, a decent competency to do things, but you know, at each, at each level, things get more challenging and more difficult. And you, you know, I guess you just hope again, you hope you can rise to the occasion, but you never mm-hmm. know. So. Yeah. There's some, there's some kind of doubt I'm hearing in your, like you've, you've obviously achieved a lot of success. You've done really well. And still there's this, um, there's like, it's almost like you don't recognize how, like how successful that you have been. It's, it's still like I'm hearing <laughs> that it's due to circumstances or, you know, doors opening where you've really had a big part in getting to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's certainly, you know, 
I established myself as that competent individual. And so when, when people, you know, were looking at me for a job, they, they obviously saw, well, this guy's been able to do, you know, a good job. In the things mm-hmm. and so, I mean, that, yeah, that, that's there. Um, but it, I mean, it's, it, I guess it, it still goes back. I mean, it's funny. You just, I, I think to myself, well, you know, if I was five years younger, you know, would I be willing to take on a different position somewhere else? Um, and how would, would I feel confident that I could do it? And, and you know, if it was the same job as I'm doing here, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I could. There's not very many other universities you can go to from here that that's a step up. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely broader portfolios in, in the arena that I'm in that you could step into, but yeah, I would, I would, you know, have some concern about my abilities to do that. Um, if I moved, I also think about going into the corporate world, you know, and, and working like at a fortune 500 company and being the CFO, I'm going, no way in hell could I do something like that? But, but then I'm not trained for that. You know, I really don't think those are my competency. There, there's some overlap, but I think they're enough different that, that wouldn't be something that I would, if I saw a door open like that, I go, mm, not my door. <laughs> so what, what are your competencies? Um, I think I'm a good leader. I think that, um, I, I know how to work well with people. I think, you know, people view so my perspective is you need to treat people with kindness and with respect. And, um, I think I do that to people for people. And I, and I think people do that back for me for the most part. Um, so I think that's, that's a, you know, a I think you mentioned earlier about having some integrity, mm-hmm. you know, honest and, and having integrity is, is particularly important. Um, I think being able to, um, kind of identify the problem and, and working through kind of problem solving is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a, a level of technical competence is, is there as well. I think people can get by without the technical competence, but I've always found that, that understanding, um, the functionality of an area or, you know, the, the technical aspects of it really helped me do my job better. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you, you know, the kinds of questions to ask people. Um, you can tell when people are blowing smoke and when they're not. Um, so I think that's, that's important to have that, that technical capability as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, work ethic. So, you know, being willing to, you know, put in the time, you know, and, and do the work. And I don't mean, you know, working 80 hours a week. I mean, I'm, I'm a much, very much into work-life balance and, you know, I don't have any problem at all getting up at, five o'clock and get in my car and going home except for the traffic. So I usually wait till five 30. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so that's, it's important that you're, you're willing to put in the, you know, the, the hard work to achieve what you need to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hear like the work ethic, the integrity, even what you were saying about technical competence, that still seems kind of in alignment with integrity, like being able to <laughs> you know, talk in a way that you're, that you're competent. Um, 
and the the character that you have and i forget what was the first thing that you said leadership leadership, leadership. yeah and then you know treating people with respect and kindness and mm-hmm. What, what do you love about your current work? Hmm. So this, this may get into some more arcane aspects of university's um, organizational structure. But I, I think the part that I really enjoy and the part that surprised me the most was the, the integration of the other parts of the university enterprise with the university. So we have a hospital and we have um, faculty practice plans where the doctors see patients and get revenues. We've got a foundation that goes out and raises money for the university. We've got a research foundation that does all of our patents and licensings. Um, And we have a number with there's 17 direct support organizations and another you know, eight or 10 affiliated organizations, getting to understand how those people, how those, those organizations operate and, and then how they integrate with the university and being able to impact how that happens in, in a way that it improves um, things for the organizations and improves things for the university. That's been, again, just a, one of the, biggest surprises to me in terms of, of that I didn't know mm. that, but also it's been a lot of a, very interesting. I mean, just gosh, you know, learn, learn the hospital business. It's just fascinating. I mean, it's just hugely different than what the university does. Mm. And, and yet it's, it's a com- very obviously important component of this university's operation. Mm-hmm. So learning how that works and then how the, the doctor's, integrate into that from our health science center. Um, it's just been fascinating. So I, I would say that that is probably the primary thing that's made a difference in, in terms of why I like doing what I do. Um, and then that obviously brings me in contact with a lot of different people, mm-hmm. a lot of, of leaders from throughout this enterprise. And, and that's been interesting and, and engaging and, um, and fun. Just mm-hmm. those folks. I mean, a lot of really smart people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you're a puzzle puzzle maker or putting a puzzle together yeah. Yeah. is what, what was coming to mind. Like all of the different pieces and the complexity and figuring out how to integrate them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would I, absolutely spot on. And I would say that at least from a financial perspective, um, I don't think there's another person in this organization that, understands those connections better than I do. Mm. It's of course it's taken me a few years to do it, but, but it's like, you know, no other piece of the organization knows what the, I'm the only person that's kind of at the center mm-hmm. that gets to engage with each part of this from a financial perspective. And it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It sounds like you get the the people element that you love, like the connection with people and, um, and then you also get like the problem solving element that you like, um, yeah. as well. So it's, it sounds like a perfect marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, um, would you do it any differently if you had to go back and, and redo your life, um, based on what you know today? 
Well, I mean, the short answer is no. Yeah. Because my life is my life and, and I am who I am today because of everything that preceded me to, to bring me to this point. So I, I like who I am. Um, I'm comfortable with who I am. And so, you know, I wouldn't want to change things. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's certainly some things like, you know, do I wish I exercised more? Uh-huh. Do I wish that I, you know, took better care of, you know, what I ate and drank and think, yeah, the, those are things I, I wouldn't mind changing going back. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how far back I'd have to go, <laughs> but, but, but the same token, how do I know that changing something like that in my thirties, um, what might that imp- would impact? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might not be mm-hmm. sick today if I was if I lived a healthier life in my thirties. Yeah, actually, I lived pretty healthy in my thirties. It was really in my fifties. <laughs> yeah, that's hard stuff. What do, What do you want for the rest of your life? Mm. Uh, so I'm got two more years in the job, uh-huh. and that should put me in a position where. I can retire comfortably and mm-hmm. go do the other things I want to do. So what I would like to do is, is for my wife and I to be healthy mm-hmm. and um, travel. Mm-hmm. Well, before, before you tell me about that, what's oh. important, what's important about finishing up the next two years? Like what's important for you to accomplish in the next two years there? So yeah, kind of what's my legacy? What would yeah. legacy to be? So I've, I've started a couple of programs here at, at University of Florida that, that I think are important. I want to be certain that I've put things in place for those to continue. Mm-hmm. Kind of once I've stepped away as, as the champion of the programs. Um, again, as we talked prior to our, this session here, um, we've got an initiative to go out and hire 500 new faculty and the university broke the top 10, um, this past year, there seems to be real interest in moving us even higher. They talked about top five. Um, it would, I think it'd be a pretty cool legacy to have gotten all the financial elements in place that, um, we've got those people, those two new faculty members on board and we've got the support staff. We've gotten their, their lab space and their offices and, and everything, you know, really kind of beginning to click. Um, I think at the end of the day, I just, I, I want to walk away um, with the respect of, of the president and, and my colleagues that, you know, I did a good job. I, I put some, some good things um, in the area of the, the finance and, and put some things in place that, that are good and positive and will go on for many years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So impacting, impacting lives. Yeah. 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 And so after that, you want to travel and you want to be. Yeah. That's when we go travel and spend times with our, you know, our kids and our grandkids, Mm -hmm. hopefully more than one, but right now just one. Um, You know, I know my, my parents are older. They're, you know, they're both 87 this year and I can begin to see a little, degradation in, in their health and, you know, wanting to be there for them, um, being able to have the, the ability to spend time with them in their, their last few years. And, um, can I give back a little bit mm-hmm. of what they did for me as a, you know, 
a kid growing up, give back some of the, you know, the love that they gave us. Yeah, I, you, I, I know you really value giving back and um, making an impact. And I don't see that ending when you retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I may have to, I may have to find other projects that I could do that with. I mean, yeah, it's a good point because you know I don't know that you know traveling and you know taking care of my family is going to be enough. Hmm. Some other things I may want to do. Mm-hmm. Cross that bridge when I get to it. If you were to um, like maybe maybe talk to your, your younger self, like yourself when you were 20. Um, and maybe some of the viewers, the listeners of this, like who are, you know, in their late twenties, early thirties, what, what words of wisdom do you have to offer based on your experience? Yeah. Um, you know, I just think for me, I was particularly blessed having, you know, found somebody, who I loved and who loved me back as a partner for life that um, there's just, there's just nothing like, nothing like going through life with somebody who you've loved. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I think it's, you know, it is about um, doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that, although, you know, again, in my twenties, I don't know I was doing something I was passionate about. I was just, but at least not professionally, but I was doing things with, you know, my family and, and, you know, helping raise them. That was important. So I think, yeah, maybe still doing something you're passionate about, something that, you know, you're being true to yourself being true, mm-hmm. you know, what you believe in. Um, and yeah, just, um, trying to find a way to make a difference, whether it's in your kid's life, your, your, your spouse's life or, um, your friend's life, you know, your, wherever you may be, you know, it's, it's important to be connected. Yeah. Making an impact. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and it's been a joy. I mean, I always enjoy our connection and I learned new things about you that I didn't know, which was really fascinating. And I think just to share the impact that you like this conversation has had on me is, I mean, I'm always so inspired by you. And I think it's because of your commitment to your, to integrity and your, your character and doing the right thing and just being a good person, being a genuine and kind person. And I really feel inspired um, in the way that you have like treated every part of your life with like, like care and attention. Like it's like, I guess what I'm struck by is like each part of your journey, you just showed up and did the best you could and stayed in integrity with yourself and didn't get worried about like the next step or the next step. And then things just, things just have worked out for you. And Yeah. yeah, you just, really take care of what you're responsible for in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very blessed individual. I've been, been very fortunate. Yeah. And you are making an impact. I know you are impacting a lot of people there in Gainesville at the university of Florida. And I see you continuing to impact people 
um, after you retire, whether it be on the golf course or what not to do. <laughs> Look at that guy. Don't do what he does. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited for you. And um, yeah, I know you'll finish up the, the time you have left there, you know, with integrity, with character and in doing what you love and I'm excited for, for that. And then for, for the next chapter of your life. Thank you. And you do too impact people's lives oh. in, in, in very positive ways. Thank you. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the recording now, unless there's anything else that you no, feel think, like you missed. I I'm good. <laughs> okay. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to coaching with Catherine. If you like this podcast, please show us your support by leaving a review in iTunes or Google play. It helps us so much and helps others to find the show. You can also visit me at www.coachingwithkatherine, spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E.com or on Facebook to learn more about me and the work I do. Thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.